Good morning. It is December 11th, 2023. And this is episode 12 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. Wow. 12 episodes, everybody. Can you believe it? So, some fun things to talk about. So, a couple of months ago, I started an open mic here in Mesa, Arizona. And I created it using a specific open mic formula that I had seen utilized or seen created in Los Angeles. And it's pretty much a pay-to-play sign-up open mic type structure. And I love the structure as a comedian who is always trying to come up with new material and refine material. So if you're not in the comedy scene, what you will quickly find is that getting quality stage time as a new comic is incredibly difficult. It's really difficult to get quality stage time even as a seasoned veteran comic. So finding a stage to really start honing your craft and putting your material out there is not an easy endeavor. So when you first get started, or even after you've been doing it for a while, um, you pretty much have a few options of ways to get stage time. One way is to just sign up for a comedy class. Most comedy classes will have some sort of uh, student showcase built into the class curriculum. So you'll get to do a set um, in front of a live audience, and it's usually their friends and family who come out and see you do comedy for the first time. Uh, that was how I started to get stage time when I started, was signing up for classes. The second option is what would be called a bringer show. So there are a lot of clubs who will do like a new Faces of Comedy show and it's a way that if you are a new comic, they will let you onto the show if you can bring a certain amount of people. And there's usually some sort of limit. You have to bring five people or 10 people or whatever the case may be. And if those people buy tickets and say your name at the door, then they will give you stage time. So if you're starting out, not a bad way to go. I did a handful of those, especially when I first moved to Los Angeles, because the reality is when you're starting out, nobody cares about you. Nobody knows if you're funny. And even if you are funny, it doesn't really matter because if people aren't paying to see you or if you don't have a refined act, then there really isn't any benefit to a producer or booker to put you on their show. So the only way to really make it a win-win for the booker is to do these bringer shows, and a lot of comics loathe them for obvious reasons. And, but, you know, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. It's part of the refinement process. It's part of the grind. It's part of learning how to do comedy. I mean, nobody just starts into this business and starts opening, you know, Madison Square Garden right away. So anyway, so you have the bringer shows and then the final option, well, not probably the final option, but another popular option is open mics in pretty much any major or minor uh, city, any um, city or town of a decent size. There's a good chance 
that somewhere in the town or city is an open mic where it's open to amateurs and you can just show up. Uh, there's a handful of different formats. Um, a common one is just to have a sign-up list and comics will start showing up uh, at a certain amount of time before the show starts and start putting their name down. These shows, these open mics are often held in bars or you know restaurants that have a back room Sometimes not even a back room. Sometimes they'll do it right in the bar itself or the restaurant itself. And people just show up and didn't even know there was a open mic going on. They just showed up to get dinner to grab a drink. And next thing they know, some comic is uh, hurling dick jokes at them. So, um, but it is another option to get some stage time. Another format of the open mic is a lottery mic which is a lot less uh, unenjoyable experience for comics because now you don't even know when you're going to get on stage or in some cases, if you're going to get on stage at all. So at least with the sign-up method, when you sign up, you can see how many comics are before you. You have an idea because you can just do the math. Oh, I'm comic number 10. Each comic is getting five minutes. So I'm probably going to be sitting for about 50 minutes before I get up. With a lottery mic, it, remove it removes that luxury and you just put your name in a bucket and then the host or whoever just starts drawing names throughout the show. And that's not a fun uh, <laughs> format for the comics, but it also makes sense for the club because what will often happen is if a comic knows that they aren't going to get on the show. So let's say, for example, let's take the sign-up sheet model. If the club knows that the show can only be two hours long, then they know that there's going to be a cap. And so if a comic shows up and doesn't see their name on their list, then they have no incentive to stick around, so they'll just leave. So the benefit to the club or the booker of a lottery mic is all of the comics have to stick around to see if their name gets called. So it it's kind of a tricky little way to keep all of the comics in the room because, as you would expect in an open mic setting, because it's not really a show and there's going to be a tremendous amount of amateur, unfunny, unrefined comedy, um, it's not really a lot of fun to just sit there for two or three hours and listen to comic after comic after comic when you are yourself a stand-up comedian and you just want to get up and work on this material that's in your head or that you've been working on or refining and to get a rep in. So about three or four years ago, a diff a new type of open mic uh, started emerging in the Los Angeles scene. And really the intention behind it was to remove all of the friction of those different open mic and different bringer show formats. And what they did is they pretty much said, hey, this is just an opportunity to get a rep in of your craft. So it's not a show. It's not a paid show. There's no audience. It's not at a bar. You just show up. There's a stage in this little like office studio space. It's $5. You do five minutes. The mic, the open mic is one hour long with a maximum of nine comics. And the rule is all of the comics need to stay in the room and support everybody's set. And once the everybody's gone, then you leave. 
So again, one of the frustrations with those other mic formats is they can be two, three, four hours long sometimes. And again, if it's, if it's, so think about that. If it's a lottery mic and you're a comic and you want to get some time in, and so you go to a club that has a lottery open mic, the mic say starts at 8 p.m. So you show up at 7 p.m. because you want to get your name in there. You put your name in there and then you sit around waiting for your name to get called. And in some cases, there's a possibility it will never get called. So that's not fun. If it's a sign-up mic, what would often happen and does often happen is, let's again, say the mic is at 8 and they put the sign-up at 6.30. So then you got to show up at 6.30. So now you've put, you know, showed up an hour and a half early. There's usually a line of comics because it is a saturated industry. And so there's so many comics at any open mic, any given open mic is probably saturated with uh, potential comedians and they sign up. So now since all the comedians know about when they're going to go up, most of the comedians will just leave and will only show up within a few comedians of when they know they're supposed to form. They'll do their set. Maybe they stick around for a comedian or two and then they leave. And it usually creates a situation to where it's pretty much an empty room most of the time and you're only performing for maybe a few comics who are going up before you and if and the comics who are going after you who haven't left yet and if it's at a bar or something every once in a while you'll get a a, a, a bar patron or a restaurant patron who maybe is half interested in listening to what's going on stage sometimes they aren't and they're just having a conversation right in the middle of your set so Again, so these sort of pay-to-play open mics showed up as a way to just say, hey, if you're a comic and you want to get a rep and you don't want to deal with all of this other stuff, here's a format, pay five bucks, show up, you sign up online, so you already know if you have a spot, so there's not a situation to where maybe on a sign-up mic where you show up and let's say that there's only 20 spots and 25 comics already showed up, so all the spots are full, so you showed up. You went there and you don't even get to go on stage. Or in the lottery mic situation, there's a chance that you show up, you put your name in the bucket, they don't draw your name, so you drove out there, usually you bought a drink, you know, and maybe you have to sit around for two, two and a half, it's like a three-hour night. It could be a three-hour night, and there's still a chance that you don't even get up and get a chance to work on your material. So, again, with these pay-to-play, they have a sign-up online, so you know if you sign up, you're getting on stage. And that's that's the whole system. And so what these pay-to-play mics were able to do once it the concept was proven that it was successful and there was enough comics, such as myself, who loved the format because where I was at in my development, I just wanted to get reps. I just wanted to show up, just wanted to hear myself say this material see if it was resonating and just see how it sounds. And even though the only other people in the room are comedians, most of the time the comedians who would show up to those mics were incredibly supportive, incredibly engaged. Yeah, every once in a while you'd get a room and you get, you know, a, a room full of comedians who are clearly uh, not you know, not a good vibe. But the majority of the time, it was an incredible experience. So what happened is because that proof of concept was successful, then the people who started doing these types of mics, 
they were actually able to start having multiple open mic slots again because the mic is only an hour so they could do a new open mic every hour so it would be a situation where you could show up and you could sign up for a 4 p.m a 5 p.m a 6 p.m a 7 p.m an 8 p.m open mic slot all in one location and it would be like getting two three four repetitions um, in five minute intervals of your material and personally, I found that format invaluable. So once it started to show successful at one venue in LA, then um, multiple people just started copying that business model. And it got to the point to where, uh, especially before the pandemic hit, to where there was just so many pay-to-play open mics. I mean, there were maybe seven, seven or eight of them in the Los Angeles area. So pretty much every day, I'd get done with work and then I would just go to my phone and I'd start going to the different websites to see which open mics had slots open. And most of them were sold out most of the time. It was really incredible. That's just how many comics there were in Los Angeles who were hungry for stage time and to hone the craft. And so then I would sign up, you know, two or three in a row, um, go spend a couple hours um, at these open mics working on my material, honing the old craft. So when I moved back to Arizona, I just found that that open mic format didn't exist here. And I wanted it for myself. So I started investigating how I might pull it off myself. And I ended up partnering with a gentleman named Dorian, who runs a improv comedy theater in Mesa called NCT, which stands for Neighborhood Comedy Theater. He already had a stage, and I had done some improv shows there and um, saw some stand-up at the venue, although it's predominantly a, uh, a short-form improv venue. So I partnered up with him and just said, hey, is this something that we can experiment with and just see if it's successful? And for now... We started just doing it one hour a week. Now, again, in L.A., it's six, seven hours a day, every single day, seven days a week, five, six, seven hours every single day that you can do one of these mics. So we are starting very, very humbly uh, in the Arizona market to sort of test the uh, the market and the interest in how many um, comics would be interested in this type of format. So we've been live now for about two months, I think. And I'll tell you, it has been a fantastic experience. Uh, so we had the open mic today, which is why it's on my mind. And we're starting to get some regulars, some comics who are showing up every week. And so it's been real fun to start to see comics, you know, come out and to hear their sets multiple times in a row. And that was also something that happened in LA is it, it created this sort of community of comics who were in the trenches who you would see multiple times in a week. Just like even when you sign up on the list, it's like, oh, I would recognize, you know, half of the comics on any given set. And a lot of the comics would be doing the same material because they're trying to refine and really uh, get into sort of the deep details of their sets. And so sometimes I would hear a comic do the same set 
four, five, six, seven, eight times, sometimes that many times in a week. And there were plenty of comics who heard me doing the same material because I was really just getting repetitions on this material. And so I've started to have that experience now with a couple comics. And it's been really fun to create that community here in Arizona of comics who are just in a position to where they want to get reps, they're hungry, they want to work on the craft. And this system, which I created for purely selfish reasons, by the way, I created it because I wanted it because I get so impatient with the other open mic formulas. And I still do them because I have to, because, you know, I'm not in a position yet to where I can walk into you know, any major club and they'll put me right up on stage and, you know, bump everybody so that I can try out 10 or 15 new minutes of material. So it's been really fun, really fun, really great energy. Um, comics are coming out. And in the few months that we've done it, I, probably a half dozen comics have showed up and done their first set of comedy ever which has been so fun. They get so much love from all of us there, um, so much support um, for their first set and starting off their their comedy journey uh, with us there at the Neighborhood Comedy Theater uh, in Mesa. So it's been really fun. And tonight's, tonight's open mic was so much fun. All of the comics were so great. I'm really shocked just at how funny. It just seems like people have become so funny. And, uh, you know, I get a little jealous of, you know, these newer comics who are just who are just starting out on their journey. And they're so funny. I'm going like, man, I've been doing this a lot longer than that. And some, sometimes I don't feel like I'm that funny. Sorry, that was very self-loathing. So... Really exciting times. And, you know, just a reminder to all the dreamers out there that, yeah, you know, it's really is just a matter of putting yourself out there, putting your work, putting your art out there, and finding any resource available to you. And if the resource isn't available to you, creating the resource to market yourself. This is going to be a real weird right turn, but I'm a huge fan of uh, They Might Be Giants for any of you. They Might Be Giants fans out there. And I just happened to catch a podcast this morning of of John Lunell talking a little bit about their origin story. And he talked about their, their dial-a song. Anybody who's a hardcore They Might Be Giants song know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who are not, I'll explain. So in the 80s, when They Might Be Giants, which is a two-man group, um... They, and they've been producing music for 40 years. I'm sure you've heard one of their songs before. They are incredibly prolific music writers. They've written songs for shows and cartoons. And um, anyway, in, in, incredibly creative musicians. So when they first were getting started with their two-person band, what they would do is they would record a song on the outgoing message of their answering machine and they had one of those old dual cassette answering machines if you're under the age of probably 40 or even 35 I mean it may be 35 and younger you you probably wouldn't even remember these things um, I barely remember them I think even though 
by the time we had an answering machine, I think ours was digital, if I remember correctly. Um, but anyway, so they just would record a song on the outgoing message of their um, of their answering machine. And then they just took out an ad in some local publication. And all it said was, they might be giants, dial a song, 1-800-whatever. And it was just a resource for them to market themselves as, as a new band who nobody knew about and nobody cared about. So, you know, it's like, well, how do we, how, what resources are available to us to get our music out there? Well, there isn't one, so why don't we create one? Why don't we just put an ad in the paper and have a phone number that people can call to hear our music. So anyway, me creating this open mic again was purely selfish. It was, I wanted a resource locally for open mics that was co convenient and would allow me to just start practicing more often, um, as often as I was able to practice when I lived in LA. As a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, I drove to LA to do those pay-to-play open mics because I had a big show coming up and I wanted to get reps in and I just couldn't get enough reps here in Arizona. So I drove to LA and within three days, I did 12 open mics uh, <laughs> for a day, split up between a couple of the different um, uh, open mic venues out there that offer that type of format. So, you know, to me, it's all just part of that hustle, all part of that grind, all part of that going for what you want, improving your skill set, putting yourself out there and utilizing what resources are available to you or accumulating your own resources so that you can be successful in what it is that you're going for. So keep dreaming, all my lovelies. Keep performing. Keep putting yourself out there. Keep going for what uh, is calling to you, what's in your heart. And I'm hoping that you are finding joy in that journey and finding success. And I will be talking with you again tomorrow as I just start to be transparent about my journey as an artist and as a comedian and what I'm experiencing, even though it's the opposite of what I always hear. What do they always say? Uh, don't tell people what you're up to. Just show them the result. So I'm totally breaking that bit of advice because I'm letting all of you know exactly what I'm up to and uh, you know and there are people who are still uh, commenting on uh, I have a YouTube thread now of these people just talking shit about me <laughs> and I finally just disengaged and now I, I just see the notifications like oh so and so replied so and so replied I'm going okay yeah I think I'm I'm done in engaging so anyway um Hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much for listening, and I will touch base with you tomorrow. Until then, this is December 11th, 2023, episode 12 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. Talk to you soon.